Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and speaker. Well Played is part of the On Podcast Media Network. Today, today's episode, I'm super excited. We have with us Jennifer, and she and I are going to be talking about digital ideas for the digital classroom. But before we do, uh, Jennifer, if you could introduce yourself, give us a little background on you, that would be awesome. Hi, I'm Jennifer Corey. Um, I work in Fairfax County Public Schools. I'm the technology coach. I was trained as a Spanish teacher and ESOL teacher, and most of my experience is in high school. Dang, Ooh, high school. That's as as that is a thing I have not done yet. Uh, well, I kind of feel that way about sixth graders. So. Oh man, I love love me my sixth graders. Uh, all right, so you this year find yourself supporting teachers in a digital learning environment, right? Because your 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 students aren't in person as of yet, right? Correct. We are one hundred percent virtual. One hundred percent virtual. You're teaching in some sort of Tron school. That's all. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I I am uh, like a hybrid model. So. Jennifer and I thought it would be good to have a little episode where we maybe kind of jam out some ideas we've been doing for those virtual learners. I happen to be having a mix, virtual and in-person, but still trying to crack that code on how best to support and connect. And then Jennifer is doing that for a bunch of teachers, all virtual. So this, this will be between the two of us, we, we cover the spectrum pretty nice. So I'm pretty excited. Uh, well, one of the things that definitely I tried that Jennifer shared out was you did this virtual paintball activity if you want to go ahead and describe that I would I would, it would people get ready it's amazing it's amazing so it's really a simple idea it's just a Google Slides template that has a bunch of different size circles in it and you um, team up your students into however many teams you need um, and then set a timer and they, you know, race to fill the paintballs with their team's color. Um, and then whoever at the end of the timer has the most color, the most of their color on the, on the screen wins. And then there's a round two where um, on, in the round one, the background is white. And so they can see the circles. Now before, and then in- before you, before you tell them about round two, I just have to say Jennifer is being incredibly sort of modest here but but she's just like it's a bunch of circles and they fill it in but i ran this activity with my students and like there's there's a whole ton of magic that happens in that moment and i have to tell you as somebody that got to see the kids like live doing it like mixed with the hybrid it 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 worked with the virtual worked with the in-person and people were super like energetic about it it was kind of it brought me back to the sort of the the classroom experience that we had, kind of pre pre COVID days. So uh, don't let Jennifer fool you that like this. She's been very modest. Was like it circles and they color them in. Awesome. It was awesome. There was just a ton of energy. I'm really glad to hear that. Ton. All right. Now I'll tell them round two, and, and you can be modest if you want. I'm just gonna jazz it up in the end then because round two was. Round two is literally what sold me on it. Round one was like, this looks cool. Then I was like, what? On round two. It's amazing. 
so round two is paintball in the dark. Um, now so... you should just let that marinate for a second. Just let them, just let that soak in, Jennifer. That is amazing. Paintball in the dark. All right, now explain it. Um, so the circles are gray, and the background of the slide is gray. So you can't see where the circles are. So you have to click around uh, to find them. Um, and you same rules as round one. The you know, set a timer, the team with the most color wins. So you did it again. You made it seem really <laughs> like just modest with this like gray on gray. They can't see anything. And like you are just sort of hunting and pecking. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these kids fill it in with, you know, all of a sudden these things are starting to light up with color. People are like, oh no. They're like yelling at their teammates. Like we got to find another one. Like click, click around, click around. Maybe, maybe that was just my kids, but it, it was just full of energy and that second round blew their mind just as much as it blew my mind because like had a great time 10 out of 10 on round one and they were just like this is the best thing i've ever seen in my life that's you know that's more or less a paraphrase quote by my students and then you clicked into round two and they were like how did the best thing in my life just get better like i don't know but it just happened well i'm really glad to hear that because i I am out of the classroom now, so I did not get the chance to play this game with any kids. Dang. I feel like you and I have to sort of battle it out, you know, after, after this episode, because it's, it's an experience. <laughs> it is an experience. Uh, so did some of your teachers implement this yet? I know you said you've I, just been back for a week, so. Yeah, we, this was our first week back. I have not um, heard any of my teachers uh, that I work with um, use it, but other teachers on Twitter have been really cool yes. about posting the video. The internet of... is on fire with this idea. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to say round two is what, what sold us all, for sure. Round two is amazing. Um, okay. So, uh, let's see. I should probably share one. So for me, first of all, I just in case anybody is super busy right now listening to this podcast, Jennifer's idea is going to be the best idea on this podcast. So if you're super busy or you pulled into the school parking lot and you need to like, should I stay or should I go? You can go now, but I, we're going to talk a few more ideas, but that, that was whew, 10 out of 10 and then got better. Uh, all right. So one of the things that I've been doing in my class, uh, we, so again, my situation is a hybrid situation and this past week, uh, so I've been in school two weeks. It's the beginning of the year, so we had like a little advisory extra time at the end of the day, and the, t the team decided like, we'll go outside and kind of just let kids have a little extra time outside, uh, which pretty normal thing to do. Uh, I feel bad almost saying this, but our virtual students for, all, for almost got like overlooked. Like we were just like, well, we're gonna take these kids outside. And we had like two periods before that happened and I was like, oh, like virtual kids can't all come with us outside, nor will they want to watch their friends play at recess. That's just torture. So uh, I quickly like shot an email to all my team and said like, hey, how about I take all the virtual kids, you guys take my students, go outside with the whole sixth grade. And uh, I invited the virtual students to do sort of a game together. So we played a game, uh, I think everybody who's doing virtual should, if you're looking for a great game to do with your class, your whole class, 
I'd, I'd re highly recommend Codenames.Games is unbelievable, great implementation, super awesome to be able to do over like a Zoom or whatever. You could do it even in person uh, with your class. Nonetheless, it was so awesome to see those virtual kids like hang out and smile together because up to that point, they've just been attending classes and they don't, they're missing all the socialization. They're getting the whatever, the lectures, the activities, but you know, even when they're paired with students in class, I mean, it's class time. So like they're, they're doing the work, but like so far two weeks in the school year, they haven't had just like a moment to like chill with their friends. And I just kind of wanted to tell everybody that story so that we remember to take that kind of time for our students. Uh, and I would imagine that would be true kindergarten through high school, you know, that, that those relationships matter. But I've never taught high school, so Jennifer's going to have to weigh in on that one. Yeah, yeah, I think the high school kids need their friends just as much as the I knew elementary it. kids. <laughs> I knew it. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so I got that idea. We have a few others. Uh, but being a sort of tech integrator, do you have other tools that you're really liking right now, things that are working really well? Do you have any more of those crazy 10 out of 10 lessons? If you do, I mean, that's un unbelievable. Uh, I'm not sure that I can say I have another one that's 10 out of 10. Um, we've been focusing a lot on breakout rooms and small groups. Um, like just dig because digital breakout rooms? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because the, the conversation and debate that kids use to process what they're learning is just so important. And you can't do that with 30 kids on a Google Meet. No, no. Uh, I haven't done a digital breakout yet this year. Um, it's going to be hard for me because I so like the physical. Like I'm a huge fan of the physical breakout. Um, I mean, I obviously get and understand the digital breakout, but oh man, it's just another thing that you're like, darn Corona. <laughs> well, yeah, I agree. I've done the, um, digital breakouts and they're just, they don't, it, they don't get the excitement. I think that the, the physical ones, the physical, generate. There's that, yeah, there's that moment where they're dialing into the locks and it's just like, Ooh, and, and also just like the belief that there could be clues anywhere, you know, like, yeah. like, I think we have all the clues. Wait, did everybody check underneath the desk? Did everybody check in? Was that book over there? Like, I think that book wasn't <laughs> there. And I just love hearing all these things. It's like, yeah, that book's been there the whole year, but like, okay. <laughs> like, glad you, glad you just noticed now. Hey, that poster has numbers in it. Been there since day one. Like, yeah. Uh, but the digital, I mean, I get it. And obviously right now that's a great way to do it. And, and even before then, uh, my eighth grade colleague does a lot of digital breakouts with his students and even pre COVID. And so I know they're a super good thing to do. I should totally let go of the fact that they're not going to be in person and just succumb to the digital breakout. But, Oh, um, it'd be cool if you could somehow get the, kids who are at home to put the clues in the background um, that way That'd like pretty, ahead of time. That would be pretty awesome. I like that idea. 
I like that idea a lot. So let's see. All right. One digital tool I have absolutely been loving. I'm, I want to work on a YouTube to further explain this one uh, YouTube video, but uh, I'll share it right now is a free software for educators called Kialo. You heard of that? No, I haven't. Your high school students, I believe, would love it. It is an online debate platform. And you can use it really for anything. So, like, I mean, an English teacher could post, you know, like, what do you think the character should do, you know, and then people that, or was the character right in doing this, right? Or it was a good ending, bad ending, like whatever you want to do, right? Uh, history teacher, like I, there's, <laughs> there's a world of things to debate there. Or you could just use it as like a fun activity, like you could just debate whether kids should be able to vote or whatever like that and let them debate. But it's all written, so in my case where we're, we're a mix, they're able to do it in real time and start to see these pro-con arguments come in. And it's so it's very visual, like you can sort of see these like almost like a tug of war pro cons. Kids can like upvote someone's and then you can also like respond in a pro con sense to any sub point that somebody makes. It sounds more complicated than this. This is why it needs to be a YouTube video. Probably terrible to tell you this on a podcast. But it is been a lot of fun and kids so far kids have really liked it and the, the sort of level of thinking it reminds me of like other discussion based activities that are rather hard to do right now uh, this brought back some of that zeal uh, kids like to debate yeah so what does it look like when they're what doing... does it look like on a podcast that's <laughs> challenge accepted Jennifer challenge accepted alright so at the top, there is the, the main argument that I, that I put in, right? So that could either be content-based. I did it first week, not content-based, just things to stir up, like to just have kids play with the software. So, for example, one of them was like, school should be year-round. And then kids, like at that argument's at the top. And then there's just a box that says pro, con. And if you click the pro you then write your sort of support to that argument right like I think it should be year-round because of XYZ okay and then that like falls on the pro side which is green and then other people can be writing like cons right and let's say you write a con and I'm like ooh, I disagree right I don't I like your con is like year-round schooling would be terrible because kids would learn more and I'm like oh hi I think the opposite. I think that's good that they learn more. So I can click yours, and then yours on my screen would become the like top argument, and there's pro con. So I could like detract from yours and like su support mine directly on yours. And then there's like infinite of that. Like somebody could click mine, and there'd be a pro con to that. But then it builds this like awesome sort of tree of comments that you see visually at the top, and then it you can get a report that really like shows this web of all the decisions. Uh, for my first one, I had a lot of the features turned off. Like, like I said, one of the features I can't wait to sort of let my students do is where they can kind of vote on people's decisions. And that way, like they can kind of as a community decide which one wins. But sixth graders need a little, 
little coaching before you kind of release that sort of democracy. Uh, <laughs> I think they would just be like, ooh, my argument's great for. <laughs> but, um, but like I said, it was highly visual. Kids really liked seeing it all happen. Kids were really involved in trying to defend their side a little bit, right? So like once they had written their pro argument, they sort of looked through the cons and then tried to argue the opposite, right, of the con. So they'd click the, whatever con they wanted to defend against and then support their argument with inside that one. And it just became this battle and it was just on fire. Uh, and I, quick tip, I mean, I always tell kids on any of these digital space, like, this is this is the equivalent of me raising, or of you raising your hand and me calling on you. So like, a pro or con argument can't just be like, yeah, this is dumb or that's dumb or school's dumb. Like, that you wouldn't raise your hand and say that so don't put it in here and i was amazed like that little bit of constructive like guidance i think in all five of my sections we had a really good discourse cool i'll have to check that out check it out because i'm sure my description was terrible i'm sure you're still <laughs> terribly lost and it's kialo kialo yes um yeah k-i-a-l-o and the the like if you go to that website that's their paid one but if you go to kialo-edu.com you can get it for free oh nice right it's like the best flavor in education free free yeah it's so good so good all right so that's a tool i really liked and like i said really helps online as well as in-person learners you're talking about doing digital breakouts uh which is i think another super sweet idea to do with students um for me running lessons i've been doing a lot on either our school has subscriptions to both nearpod and pear deck and they're like 80 percent the same product and then there's just that like eh, like i wish they have both, which is great for me. So I've been using both. But anybody that hasn't ever checked those out, check them out because that is pretty awesome to sort of run through a Google presentation together. And again, talk about equity between your online learners and your in-class learners. Then everybody's seeing everything. Everybody's experiencing everything. One of the things I learned that Pear Deck does that Nearpod doesn't, right? Like this is... This is the moment in the podcast people are leaning forward in their cars. They're like, what, is, what are they about to say? The thing I learned is, this is going to sound really simple, but I was doing one of John Meehan's like templates, right? And my sixth graders, I wanted to be able to do this self-paced and go where they needed to go. And Pear Deck will allow like links to be active in like through the Pear Deck where Nearpod it's almost more like there are pictures of the slides, so like whatever you do on it doesn't really activate. So yeah, Pear, Pear Deck like embeds the website in the presentation. Correct, but let's say let's say in my presentation, I wanted you to like click the scroll to like go off and read something. If I do that in Google Slides, where I like make the scroll a link in Nearpod that link doesn't actually translate over there. But in Pear Deck, it still stays an active link. 
So I was able to do some of my gamified things where there was still like this nice narrative piece. Things looked right. Things felt right. But ultimately, like, they could click on the things and do the things. I didn't have to, like, give them a link. I didn't have to make a, a Pear Deck version of it, right? I just needed Pear Deck to be the thing that's going to deliver it to them. But if that makes sense. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. So do you have some other, some other ideas, some things that have worked for you, some things you're suggesting with your teachers? Um, just to get the small group discussions going is really hard when you're a hundred percent virtual. So we've been, um, what we're doing is creating, um, uh, breakout room hubs. So it's like, we'll create a Google meet, um, and post the link like as group one for this Google meet. And so, you know, those four kids go to that Google meet and they have a, like a private conversation. Um, and you're able to, as the teacher hop into you know, each, like you can hop into group one and you know, clear, clarify any misconceptions or, um, or, you know, just check on them in general. And you can, you know, cycle through all the groups and you leave the main room, the main Google Meet open um, so that when, and everyone meets their microphone in the main room, so they can still hear in the main room, but the main room can't hear what they're saying. And so as the teacher, you just call everyone back by unmuting yourself in the main room. All right, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty helpful. We haven't had to do that with the hybrid, but uh, super clutch last year, do some sort of like breakout rooms when I was doing all all digital in, in the spring uh, that was that was pretty big definitely I tried to find like a good sort of today's meet sort of replacement like a, like a back channel and I found two tools yo teach is one that's sort of similar and then another one called backchannelchat.com. That works. Uh, and I've done both of those in my class so far. Again, pretty nice to have a class discussion. Just feels, for any of you other hybrid model people out there, feels weird to have, like, I mean, like your classroom silent. Like, because people, like, they're just all typing. But you have some kids that are virtual, so you, like, need that to happen. But it's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Sixth grade classes should be louder than clickety clack of a keyboard. Yeah. So, uh, the other thing for my online learners that I've been trying to do uh, in in my class is this is this is not a tech thing. So maybe some of you guys will see the value or not. I don't know, but. I've actually just been trying to be a little slapstick funny with them because, again, like, they just feel like they're missing out on those inside jokes because they're just not there. So I'm trying to intentionally, like, build inside jokes with them and do silly things with them so that they don't feel so left out. Um, and that has been pretty good. When I checked in with the kids last week, at the end of the week, how they're all doing, at least my advisees, uh, with the virtual and they all said 
like those things make such a difference for them. So for what it's worth, you know, again, remember to be relational uh, with your students. Uh, at least that's true for my virtual students. So like, how did you do that? <laughs> Some are better than others. <laughs> uh, one time I was teaching and I saw one of the virtual students yawn and I was like, oh, hey, uh, like I heard, I'm just gonna use your name, Jennifer, like, I, you know, I've heard yawning is like a sign that you're dehydrated. Are you, are you like drinking enough there? And you know, you're like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, ah, just, just open your mouth. And she, she does, she opens her mouth and I take my water bottle and I pour it out on the floor right there in front of all the students. And like, she's like dying laughing. All the kids in the room are like, oh, he's, he's totally doing it. It's just water people. Like, it'll be fine. But like, it was like that kind of magical moment. And then like the rest of the week, like whenever, I'm just gonna use your name again. Whenever Jennifer like signed into the class, like it was like, you need you need any more water? I think Mr. Matera's got some water for you. And like she's <laughs> laughing, they're laughing, and it's that shared connection between the the in class kids with her uh, that I think took me two seconds and a wet carpet for a little bit, but like <laughs> total totally worth it. It's corporate carpet, so it's fine. Uh, that sounds great. So that like. Silly things like that, I think, can just make a big difference. One of my online learners, she had always been, I don't know, her bedroom and office, whatever. And then the other day, she was clearly on like a porch and you could see all these like trees in the background. And I was like, did your parents kick you out of your house? Like, are they, are they? <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. I'm like, are you in the woods? Do you get Wi-Fi in the woods? That's crazy. Like just little, like took two seconds to say that stuff. She's giggling and then like, you just can fall back on those kind of moments in the lesson, right? So when, when I want to check in and be like, Jennifer, can you still hear me in the woods? You know, like, are you still, you still there? You know, and she's like, yes, yeah, I'm still, I'm not in the woods, Mr. Matera. I'm, I'm just on the port. Like, sure, sure you are. I know. Yeah, you're right, right, right. Your parents kicked you out. I got it. I got it. You know, two seconds, but it makes everybody in the room for a moment forget about Corona, right? Like even my in-class students laugh, feel good. The online feels good and connected. Um, so, you know, just be a little silly. I don't know, call them dad jokes, if you will. Do, do a bunch of dad jokes. <laughs> That's great. My principal does that with um, our online meetings. He'll, he'll notice things in people's background and kind of tease them about it. Yeah, like, see, just, it's just, but it, it, like, that's, that's like being human, right? Like, that's being relational. And so I absolutely love that. So that would be my biggest tool, I guess, is try to be relational uh, and put that first, put that first and foremost. Uh, if your lesson is, is good, you know, save a bit of energy so that you can be creative. Like, I, mean, I hate to say it, right? But like, we are on some level performing for our students, like, and I think now more than ever, that performance matters. I don't know. That's, that's how I see it. So, uh, Jennifer, we have, we are like at reflection time here. And I have a great quote by Fred Rogers. And uh, Jennifer has no idea what this quote is. So normally, 
I ask all my guests before they come on, do you want to know the quote or not know the quote? And it's about 50-50 on people that want to, people that don't want to know. Uh, Jennifer joins the ranks of didn't know. She just didn't have the choice. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to read this quote, and then you and I are going to kind of just spin it pretty quick on like how we think this quote sort of fits our students, you know, whatnot. Fred Rogers tells us this. It's the things we play with and the people who help us play that makes a great difference in our lives. How do you see that quote as an important piece today? Wow. Um, wish I had known. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Mr. Rogers. Um, the things we play with and the people who can help us, the people who help us play that makes a great difference in our lives. It's the things and the people that help us play. That yeah. Make a great difference in our lives. But, um, I feel like just using your 10 out of 10 and an 11 out of 10 paintball example works on this, right? It is not only like the thing they played with, right? The activity that you created that gave that shared experience that mattered but it was also the people like it was collaborative it was even even the aspects that weren't collaborative it's it was a collaborative slash competitive experience but oh, it makes such the difference right like the i told you like probably one of the best things that happened in my classroom and it's that it, it embodies this quote right that it is what the what they're playing with and who they're playing with that the connections yeah that makes all the difference the the game or the toy or the, or the whatever that they're playing with is the focal point but then really when you walk away from that experience it wasn't the focal point it was the people it's the laughs you had along the way it's those moments like did you see that when jennifer did that like oh did you see that when he poured all the water on the floor like right it's it's not it isn't the game but the game facilitated it, right? It was the game, it was the thing that they were playing with that brought everyone there. And then it's just the people, really. Yeah. It's, I think it's interesting that he says the people who help us play. Yeah. I, I don't think about play as help, but I think he's right. You did that. You facilitated it for hundreds and hundreds of kids across the United States, possibly around the globe. That's crazy to think about. Yeah, that's great. That is great. So, well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us on Well Played. I would absolutely love to have you back on again sometime to chat all sorts of other ideas in education with you. Well, thanks for having me. No problem. Everybody else, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Well Played. I uh, always appreciate you guys coming each and every week, sharing this out with others. Uh, we at Well Played are always looking for great ideas and this community is just filled with ones. Uh, thank you for coming to XP Lap. Thanks for checking out the YouTube channel. Appreciate all your help and support uh, and Teacher's Table on Facebook. There's just a lot of things. There's a lot of things, lots of good people. Thanks everybody for connecting. Take care. <laughs>